Okay, I am recording. One, two, three. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Tea Podcast. This is Zetong here. And this is Hui Yi. Yeah, Hui, how are you doing this week, over the last week? I'm okay, I am okay, I guess. It's just work, right? Okay, just okay. okay. How, okay how was the visit to the museum? I saw uh, your latest video on your YouTube channel. Oh, that one actually happened over the Labor Day holidays, <laughs> which was like almost oh, was... a month ago. <laughs> oh, and, okay, okay, okay. And then but tell I, me more about the museum, yeah, Underwater, it seems yeah, quite cool. Yeah, it's an underwater museum, right? So I got, like, I I was done with all the usual Shanghai attractions, you know, like the bun and whatnot you have. Then I, I think I was just randomly browsing for places to go and then I found this place called Guangfu Ling. Uh, is still mm. in Shanghai but it's in Songjiang district so what it is is I mean it's being like marketed as like an underwater museum but it is in a park so you can imagine like a Disneyland kind of park but then it's more of like a park for you to learn about Shanghai history in general lah. So that underwater museum is actually a cultural museum. Then along with that park, there's also other things like uh, temples. There is also an archaeology museum. Um, there's also an archaeology site. So why is at Guangfu Ling is also that place was the excavation site where they found some of the very early on relics um, of oh. like uh, dating back to like the, let me see, Matia and uh, Songzhe uh, <laughs> civilizations. Yeah, I'm learning China history also. So oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was quite interesting actually. Um, I really think that it's worth a visit. Um, besides your usual Shanghai stuff, because you get to learn a lot. And to me, it's like the Disneyland for adults lah. If you want to learn about history, then actually, actually, you can walk the whole day there. Man. Wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a lot of information. So for the museum that's in the water, it's just the exterior that's in the water. Like. It's not about like aquatic lives or like it's not nothing to do with the sea or the water. It's just for the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that museum has things on the surface for you to see, but then it digs to six meters underwater and then you mm-hmm. can essentially walk and then it tells you about how um Shanghai Evolve uh, from pe- prehistoric times to the post, um, post what post Ming and Qing eras law. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. No, I'm just trying to find out like what what is the significance of it being underwater. So I was like, okay, I think I think it's just for aesthetic purposes. Yeah, la. marketing purposes lah. It's like oh wow, yeah, underwater like, museum that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because yeah. from the outside, I would think that, you know, you might, it's like a sea, almost like a sea aquarium where you go down there, you can see through the window and then there'll be fishes, Man. you know, in the underwater thing. They didn't build I thought, it like, like that, though. Yeah. But just I see. To okay, that, just, yeah. Yeah, that whole place is, like, almost everything is in Chinese. So just mm. take note. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, just like <laughs> in America, everything is in English, right? So it's a given. Okay. Sure, sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same in Korea or like Japan where no, the things are in Korean no, and no, Japanese, no, no. right? But like, I mean, for example, if you visit the more mainstream Shanghai attractions, like Shanghai oh, Museum, oh. then they would have English okay. also. But just I here, see, see. they didn't have lah. I see, I see. Okay, yeah. okay, noted, noted. 
Noted. Yeah. I see, I see. How's, how's work cool. for you? Cool, cool. Uh, well, I think work has stopped for me. I mean, the entire really? life in Singapore has been on a pause since uh, oh, Phase 2 HA, yeah, right? True. Uh, yeah, so I've been lazing and uh, slothing around at home. But uh, I'm proud to say that I've completed one China anime. <laughs> it oh. is literally a China anime. It's called uh, Dou Luo Da Di. And uh, I haven't been... I haven't been 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 watch uh, anime for the longest time. This is uh, like one of the mm. first few times I've done in many years. Oh, by the way, our last episode, the Tong said that he's gonna do a home exercise after the podcast, right? Guys, he did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just I did the following day. <laughs> Just casting up is too hot. Okay, this few days, like Excuses. it makes you so lazy. But I really did uh, the next day, uh, because I was so uh, what's that? I was so guilty that I didn't do it that day, Yeesh. and uh, I've been doing. I've been eating a lot of junk food. So today I also went back. Uh, I also went back to my personal trainer to clock in another session of fitness. Feels great to be pushing some weights. You can still go gyms, man. Yep. Uh, right now it's only personal trainer. Uh, uh-huh. then it's possible. Uh, you are you are not able to go to the public gyms. Uh, and of course we adhere to all the uh, safety guidelines uh, that's provided see, by uh, Sports SG. Hey, um, yeah, so actually, yeah. I'm quite curious, like, how is this phase two different from uh circuit breaker if at all? Just curious. Yeah, I think per our last episode there are still few, you know, lax uh rules and regulations where you know you can still go out just that the gathering only minimum minimized to two person, two visitors. Yeah. Uh so compared to the previous one, I would say that it's eighty to ninety percent close. Uh as in as similar as to the last uh circuit breaker we had. But uh, it's just that right now, I think it's just that 10% to 15% differences. Lo. Like, you can still visit your friends in their house if you like. Uh, and you can still, um, I don't know, more things are still open um, compared to the last time. I think you still can watch movies uh, compared to last year where you couldn't even watch movies at all. So, uh, there are, so it's that 10 to 15% of uh, uh, regulation um, I would say room to wiggle around okay. uh, compared to you completely being uh, you know forced to be at home I see I see yeah, yeah, good yeah. Know, good but it's, I would say you know from from how I spent the last three weeks ever since phase 2 started phase 2 HA started uh, it's been relatively the same as how I spent it in the first uh, CB I and I find that yeah this time around I think there's this thing called the I don't know the lockdown fatigue almost uh, so right now I'm even more <laughs> unmotivated or demotivated to do anything for the first few weeks. But now mm. I'm finding the I'm finding the pace again. La. So right now I'm doing back to working out, back to doing my things daily, um, and just get myself busy every day. Is this lockdown what will take a thing? Like is it? Yeah, I believe it's a thing. It's definitely oh. a thing. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But a good thing is that you still can go on. I still see that you know on Instagram that people are going on hikes. Uh, people are still you know you can actually meet up uh, with your friends uh, you know not not so many but you can just go and visit your friends in their house uh, but it's not a big group just uh, you mm. and your friends maybe so it's still possible to do that on a very small scale uh, you know people are still starting new businesses and opening new shops in this phase <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah things can still happen so yeah and today I just installed Clubhouse so another new thing for me to try out maybe why uh, it's the idea follow the news but is it cause they have android app already or you got like a yeah uh what do you mean i got a what 
<laughs> there is only Android phones in this world. What are you talking I about? I see, I see. Got it, got it. Also, oh, they have an Android app ready, ah. Yeah, it's it was released last week, twenty first May. Cool. I just I just got I just well, heard uh, about it today. Just know that no yeah. one is on Clubhouse now already. <laughs> Missed the hype. No. <laughs> actually, no, no I, I just say only. Sorry, I don't I don't know if that's the case actually. No, it's okay. It's okay. That's your that's your thoughts. Just keep it as that. Okay. <laughs> so wait, is it wait, wait. Clubhouse is just a fad in the end. But 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 I saw that you ran a poll on your IG asking if people are still on Clubhouse. So what's the results like? What the people are still on Clubhouse? Sorry. You you ran a IG poll um asking oh, if people are still yes. on Clubhouse. Yes so, yes. I mean you could you could see the results for yourself if you yeah, were to but I mean I need to know the sample size. You know, is it stat significant? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> definitely come on with my sample size. It's definitely <laughs> stat significant. <laughs> sure. So what is it now? What is it uh, now? Uh, it's about uh, it's about two hundred say yes that they're still using Clubhouse and three sixty say no they're not using Clubhouse. Yeah. So uh, I'll say about it's about sixty to forty. Oh, so yeah. 60 to 40 vote Surprisingly more, more, more than, than I expected But okay More than you expected? Is it more yeah, people You mean like using? in terms of more Oh people. okay you're, what, what are you expecting? 80 to 20? Something like that actually Yeah So so there have been a lot of uh, Silicon Valley gurus That's talking about You know Clubhouse and stuff right Like do you, do you actually think That it will be a fact? I mean, it is. Is it? Is it too early to conclude that it's just a fact? Because mm-hmm. we see that the retentions, you know, is not strong, and people are st- stopping. People around us are, you know, not really using the app. Mm. Or what do you think? I haven't followed Clubhouse for quite some time. Ever since I came to China, actually, oh, actually, the last time I used Clubhouse was during quarantine, while I was listening to oh, some yeah. uh, room that my friend shared that this group of people were talking about China life in general. Um, but oh, I think okay. like um, I think it's still too early Because like I Maybe I'm biased like, And then I don't use it anymore Because I don't think it's um, Very time efficient For me to be listening to uh, A live uh, Broadcast While not knowing what the content would be As opposed to like A podcast Where I know for sure Like what the content Is gonna be Somehow Somewhat I mean Clubhouse is kind of freeform, right? You may have a like um, the topic, but then like the conversation is just free flow essentially. So to yeah. me, yeah, I still probably cannot get the value out of Clubhouse to know that if like it will be a fad or it will stay in the long run, lah. That's my thoughts. I see. But then after you got I on see. it, like any thoughts you have about Clubhouse, left? Yeah, uh, on my first, uh, today I was on it, and my first few visits of the app today, I find that, you know, Clubhouse right now is, it's uh, known for a few things. Uh, there are a few rooms that are permanently on, I think it's 24-7. Those are the rooms that I actually tap in and see. It's called meditation rooms. They're generally meditative mm-hmm. in nature or mm-hmm. spirit, spiritually healing in nature. Uh, when you go in, generally they only play, uh, you know, the sounds that you hear in the meditation room. Uh, you know the flow of the wind or the water rush of the water those feeling and then there's also those that has a gong you know the the, the gong the, the the gold bowl with the iron with the, mm-hmm. the knot thing mm-hmm. with the wood knot thing uh, there's also a spiritual healing room 
uh, that that has a lot of people in it and no one's really chatting I mean no one's of course no one is chatting so, so you just go in and let the background music the white noise play in the background how is that uh, and then I guess it helps you focus and, and work right how is that different and from then, opening a YouTube yeah. and like <laughs> searching meditation music yeah exactly I, I think you can easily do that with Spotify or YouTube these days you know just search for meditative music and I'm pretty sure you can get a playlist that's more than 20 hours uh, minimum uh, so so uh, I'm not really sure what's the point of that then I uh, I hit up a few rooms I joined a few rooms to just see what's going on it's just that I realised that uh, for an unstructured live chat room like you say people are just talking nonsense for 4-5 hours uh, it's quite unproductive because when you, most of the time you just join a live room in the middle of something and then you wouldn't mm. know what they have been talking about previously even if there was a team and you wouldn't know what they are talking what they are going to talk about in the future and you know, for most of the time, these speakers are not known to you mm-hmm. uh, because they are either people from, you know, the Western part of the world or, like, they are people experts in those fields, but you're not very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So, but the chance upon this, uh, this one room that I actually went in as, uh, I was the only uh, stranger there and there was no one else uh, in that room, which is quite interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, slowly folding into this um, new trend of um, uh, what the Flow Club, which uh, our friends were trying out, uh, that is trying to, you know, uh, effectively putting pe- people together virtually mm-hmm. uh, during these COVID times to have a productive hour together. And what happens is that uh, I'm not sure if they really chat in the, you know, this Flow Club app that our friends are trying out. Uh, essentially, it's like everyone sets a time at from 2 p.m. maybe, for instance, for one hour, everybody will join uh, the Zoom call mm-hmm. or the meeting. So I joined a similar room that is uh that's similar to that uh, similar to that they the title was you know work from home, COVID and stuff. Then they be mm-hmm. like oh, and then they just joined. I figure that it's probably five friends. They don't mm-hmm. seem to be close. I mean mm-hmm. they seem to be chatting a lot. They don't seem to be close. But it's just interesting for me to just you know stand there and observe their conversations. They've been chatting a lot, although although uh they've been working from home. Although they are working from home, mm-hmm. uh and I find out that they are they are actually um all they're all Malaysians I think I but it's just interesting to you know sit there and like listen in to their conversations and like I, I assume that they are working la. I assume that they're working so so they're chatting while working and and that that this particular interaction is something that I'm more I'm more invested in because mm-hmm. I told you at the start of uh, last year's CB is that uh, what we've lost from remote working is that you know there's all these pros and uh, benefits of working from your house but the thing that you really lost, right, from working from home is all this water cooler thing. It's these things that you can check with your friends, you know, suddenly and then you'll be like, there's nothing about work. You can be like, oh, what happened last week? What happened yesterday? What happened with my dog? What happened with my parents? What happened with my, I don't know, whatever. All mm. these miscellaneous topics, there's something that I'll miss if I were to work remotely. Mm. So I feel that, you know, this could be, someone is trying to find a solution for this water cooler talks uh, that they'll term it to be. And uh, Flow Cup could be one. And then I'm observing this clubhouse between friends could be another one. Mm-hmm. And then recently I found this new thing called Gather.town, which is exactly trying to replicate I've the water. I've tried that before, talk. actually. Oh, is it? Like, yeah. the, does it work? I don't know. Uh, it does. does. It's quite quite interesting. Uh, and also quite cute, I guess. Like, I mean, you get to like set your own avatars. It, no, it's kind of yeah. like have a hotel, but then mm. in the whole virtual space, then you get to join rooms, you get to play games, you get to chat inside. Yeah, I did, thought it yeah. was quite 
interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I don't know, I don't know, does it help to fix, you know, you meeting your colleagues online, offline, online instead of offline? Um, I don't know, like, like, I mean, yeah, granted, we, we've missed the water cooler talk times already because of remote working. Um, but then, like, no, sorry, like, I, I realised that I'm not in a position to really talk about this because like um now I actually get to go to the office to do what I call cooler talk with my colleagues actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh actually the the examples I was thinking more of was actually catching up with old colleagues at Carousel. Then I realized that like sometimes we still do uh short calls every now and then that kind. So that's our way of kind of keeping in contact with each other but then it deviates from the point of water cooler talk already now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's more like how you catch up with your ex colleagues, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. You know, I don't think I did a lot of water cooler talk last time, also. You know, in carousel. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you do. I'm pretty sure you do. Even if you're unaware, it might not necessarily be at a water cooler, but you know, you bump into each other in the lift. You bump into each other downstairs. Um, you bump into each other uh, outside meeting rooms. Exactly. Uh, it's just so easy uh, yeah, to true, true. have a conversation. When I start yeah. to slack uh, the tongue uh, like 3 to 4 saying coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> then we go for a coffee break. <laughs> yeah, and then I reply her, nope, in the meeting. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure things like that happen very, very easily. And you know, just like, you know, going over to another uh, colleague's table, just, you know, have a chit chat or, you know, just go there and see what's going on. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. Those 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 conversations without agendas is something that is missing from remote working. So I hope someone can fix the problem meaningfully. Mm. Yeah. We digress. We digress. But today's topic, uh, is actually quite closely related to this as well. It's basically you know we want to chat about communications in the workplace. It has been one of the topics that I have in my mind before starting this podcast with Hui Yi. Cause why, I feel why, that you know Hui you is, <laughs> cause I feel that Hui is very well read about uh, you know have holding crucial conversations <laughs> with your work, workplace uh workplace colleagues, and Reading at the same time I think is different. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and at the same time in her position as a product manager, you know she deals with people from all departments of your company of the company that she works in. So I'm pretty sure she has her own way of uh, communications, you know, to whether to bring forth across an idea or to, you know, single-handedly uh, unbend that person into following her rules and her orders. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has letter, a way. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she has a way with her words uh, around communications. But specifically, uh, I think we can cover a few areas, uh, you know, in no particular order. It can be like, you know, if you have an uh, issue with your salary, how do you talk about it to your manager? How do you bring it up across uh, to your boss? If you have someone bullying or harassing you, how do you bring it across to your HR or how do you bring it across to other colleagues? Or simply if you have differing opinions with your colleagues, which is the most common uh, in the workplace, how do you you know, talk that person down? Maybe not, not, not necessarily talk that person down. How do you bring across your uh, perceptions or your arguments to let that person mm. know that maybe your way uh, is the better way or is it your way the highway? <laughs> <laughs> My way is always the highway. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, maybe huh? let's start with something simpler. Hey, <laughs> do, do, have you ever talked to your boss about your salary before? Yeah. So actually, when you did tell me about this, right? Honestly, no, lah. Because I okay. don't think I am someone who optimizes for salary. So is that, if anything, I hmm. feel like what I've been given has always been very reasonable. So I never really negotiated for salary. But maybe this is something that you may want to share. To the audience, yeah. lah. Like, how do you actually go about doing that? Okay, let's say let's salary aside. What about career progression or even like you know um the workload that you take on? Workload is never enough. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, okay. Really a workaholic. No. Well, I think I don't know. It can be uh, it can be involving like leadership, like uh, you know, di- having direct reports or having uh, more people in your team. I don't really have this kind of conversations with my boss then. Like maybe like just reflecting back, it's a lot of like for me personally. It was always mm-hmm. about. I mean, just looking back and reflecting lah. I mean, it's. I mean, this is. I mean, career growth is personal to everyone. I think I've always optimized more for what can I do for the company rather than. What they can do for me, honestly lah. This is my own reflections. Yeah. Is that I, I yeah. think for the longest time it was like I don't really care about promotions. I don't care about um, getting um what raise in salary or whatnot. I just think like if I just help the company in wherever they have problems, right? Then um I would be content already. Mm-hmm. But I mean, of course, that kind of like changed over the years. It's not a bad thing to <laughs> is to change. It's it's more like being more aware of the fact that. If you really want to uh, plan well, plan ahead, plan better, then these are things that you definitely have to consider, lah. So I think for most of yeah. it, I was probably just doing and doing and doing, lor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. you know, having known Hui for the longest, I think, in the early years at least, I think she's the kind who doesn't really care about her her money. Well, I mean, I'm not here saying that you know you should follow her style, because uh, I definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah, am not the kind. <laughs> no, uh, just to share also, like also recently, one of our friends also said that it's good to do good work for the company, but also don't be be something like a blind follower lah, that kind of thing. Which mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Be aware of what you should fairly get. Don't really be like yeah. me. I think I got lucky also that the company treated yeah. me well. So yeah. Correct. I th- I think Hui is also lucky that she, you know she put in uh she didn't care about that and the company I I would say did not misplace her trust, you know uh because it's hard to say uh you know wherever you're working you know your boss could really be misplacing your trust in company, and taking advantage of you without you knowing, uh but you know we are not here to discuss you know bad employers we are more of here to how do you bring across uh the conversations yeah maybe I you think share yeah on your part. Yeah. You, we've we've yeah. had conversations about how you did so maybe you could also share <laughs> like how with do what? you like career growth then like how did you actually oh. talk to your yeah, manager yeah. about your career growth yeah I think I think a lot of times in Singapore's context uh, you know I've spoken to a few other people as well I, I feel that in Singapore's context if you are working for a Singap- more of a Singaporean company uh, most of the time they appreciate a very direct and very open and frank conversation so you don't have to you know go around and say that you know um, I don't know you don't have to beat around the bush, if if that's something that what you want, 
safe, you know, if you're talking about salary increments, or if you're unhappy with the uh, current leadership position that you're in, say you're going for a managerial role or even an assistant managerial role. I feel that it's good to voice it early and let them know. Um, uh, let that uh, seed that thought in your manager's or your boss's minds that, you know, you're in here for the long run, you wish to do, do good, and, uh, you know, you, you can do whatever uh, they want you to do to, you know, just gun for that salary increment, right? Because I think for any uh, good companies or good managers out there, um, they will love for you to succeed as well alongside them because um, they cannot do all the work themselves. Uh. They definitely need you as much as you need the company. So mm. I would say that a lot of times in your one-to-one, uh, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of one-to-ones uh, with your managers and your bosses. So take advantage of those one-to-ones and that's when you can really voice uh, your your deepest, darkest, not say darkest, <laughs> just deepest desires uh, mm. like about career progression. This is what I've done with my uh, managers um, over the years. Did, did and not even, I'm not even, I'm not even, uh, before that, I'm not not I'm not even referring to I'm not even referring to just Carousel, you know, because I worked at a few places before. So that's why in your in your one to one uh conversations, take advantage of that. Don't just use that as your as your weekly you know weekly updates. Use mm-hmm. that as the a very crucial conversation that you can have to talk about your own personal things, uh like career growth, um salary and what whatnot. But when then, uh, like when would you suggest to like ask for this kind of things? Like maybe where why where I'm coming from is that like oh for example yeah. you feel like you want a raise but then like you also need to choose the timing right? You cannot like go to your boss say, Hey I want a raise but then you also have to like prove yourself and say like oh yeah. I've delivered X and Y results. This is yeah. why I think I deserve a raise rather than just going. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I mean, you don't start this conversation with uh, nothing, I mean, with no no reason, right? So say, for instance, you work for a year or maybe a few years and uh, the company's policy on salary increment hasn't been too clear. Uh, like, it has been quite fuzzy-wuzzy as to increments, how much how, many, how much per person gets mm-hmm. here or how much, how often do you get increments. So that's when I think you can bring it up. And of course, um, asking for salary increments, I feel that does not necessarily need to tie down to you um, getting a project because in more specific HR terms right uh, those should be classified under bonus um, because you did particularly well and you did particularly exceptionally well this year exceeding all expectations that's when they grant you bonuses that year uh, mm-hmm. I feel that that's more um, that's more appropriate or that's more uh, systematic to do it that way mm-hmm. uh, so that it's a lot easier for the HR to manage all the payout scheme mm-hmm. um, you know, I spoke to a few. I spoke to a few HR or or, or what you call these days business partners heavily on this topic before. And most of the time, uh, for there to be a system to be laid out for uh, pay increment, it's generally tied to a, uh, your performance over the year, and b, uh, just promotions, just outright mm-hmm. promotions. Mm-hmm. So it can be uh, uh, title promotions, or it can just be within the same title. It can be upright promotions. For company for bigger companies that have ranking systems, mm. um, so but I feel that uh, these increments or these kind of career progression chats, right, is something that you need to have with your uh, manager as an ongoing basis to know that whether are you falling behind, are you meeting his expectations, or are you exceeding his expectations, his or her expectations. Mm-hmm. So I feel that that's something that you know managing expectations is not just it's not just uh, a manager's work to tell their direct boss. It's something that we should chat actively with our managers to know where we stand and to know what we can improve. I think we, I think that's yeah. quite crucial. 
Yeah. Cause, I mean, you have to be proactive because it's also, after all, your own career. I mean, it's okay not yeah. to know what you want, but you <laughs> have to get a sense of the direction and then have your manager or whoever it is to guide you. Lah. If it's not a manager person, maybe at least like yeah. talk to your peers about it who maybe also may also be able to help you. Yeah. yeah. That's about yeah. it. Exactly, exactly right, exactly mm. right. So so I think I think that's the that's the that should be out of the way. Like, and, and the thing is like don't be afraid to start chatting about this. You don't have to be outright no, as in I can say that you can be direct and frank, but you don't have to go go in and say, Oh, I want a thirty percent increment. <laughs> I want a twenty five percent increment. I think you can ease the chat by starting with like, oh, you know, uh what are the company policies and salary increments or you know, you can say that, you know, my salary hasn't been increasing according to the market rates. Or I feel that I'm due for a a a, a career promotion, a, a title promotion. So mm. I think there's some some ways you can start the conversations a lot easier rather than you coming very uh, strong headed. I must get it or I'm leaving. You know, uh, things don't always have to be that way. Huh. Maybe you could share any specific examples of how you negotiated salary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well. It's not not advisable for everyone to follow, but um. Uh, I did have offers, and and um, it's not uncommon for people to do this. I have offers from outside, uh, and then I brought the offers to my you know, uh, ex manager, and and my ex manager just you know, um, it's it's good. I'm really glad that you know my my employer back then you know really valued my contribution, and they wanted me to stay, and. So with the counter offered, I eventually chose to stay because I really like the company as well. So so it's good that you know my company is able to do the adjustments for me. Uh, but I feel that um, you don't have to wait till that stage to ask for what you want. So I feel that you can just start that conversations early, especially if this is a company you want to stay for the longer term. Mm-hmm. Uh, like longer term, maybe say four years and above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What about frustrations at work, Hui? Frustration? Have any colleagues frustrated you before? If they frustrate me, I go to Zertong and rent. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, like, you know, we don't work in the same... We don't even have the same title in the company, so it's a lot easier for her to rent to me. Because yeah. the people that she deal with, it's not someone... It's not the people that I deal with every day. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. How do I deal with frustrations? Yeah, maybe you can share later also because yeah, like okay, so like the background is that yeah, I mean a lot of times if I am frustrated about work, then it's fine to be frustrated about work as long as you somehow somewhat keep it professional still. Um mm. then but then like my uh just now when we were briefly discussing this, I was also thinking why doesn't Zetong express his frustration at work one? But after but but he can share later anyways. <laughs> so, um, I guess like how do I deal with my frustrations? Like for example, I, I was doing a bit of self reflection also. Then, I think it mostly comes from like inability to drive things the way that I would have wanted to shape it. I guess. Was like, oh, like okay, I bluntly put things don't go my way. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> things don't go your way, what do you, what do you do? What do I do? Uh? Um, I try to understand more. Like, really, 
uh, I think this is a learning process for myself also is that uh, try to put yourself in a very objective lens and see that this is actually for the better of the company and for the product and it's not that we know everything right I mean in the end we don't yeah. know everything like if you yeah. talk about building a product or a service everyone wants it to grow everyone wants it to earn revenue so um, I think the way to go about it is to agree and agree to disagree in a sense in the end like ultimately it depends on the decision maker right who is the ultimate decision maker in this case if somehow you are not the decision maker and things don't really um, fall into what you would have hoped it is then yeah. uh, just make an effort to understand why law like in the end it mm. may not even be a bad thing because it's maybe true that I may have missed out on like understanding oh it's supposed to be this way someone is offering another perspective that kind yeah. of uh, makes more sense than mine more logical than mine then of course those are um, uh, ways to kind of deal with the frustration at work meaning that just know that everything that everybody comes with good intentions people don't I mean uh, it's uh, not some assuming uh, yeah no 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 really really I think most people at least in Carousel almost oh, wow like 100% of people are with good intentions <laughs> I believe yeah. yeah yeah so with that they are not, they are not attacking you personally if there's a dis- disagreement or yeah, yeah basically that's about it. like I think yeah. one of the so, things that sorry yeah you see um I think like I was also this reminded me like we used to have very big product sinks then to a point where one of our friends peers feedback that they are fearful of speaking out in the meeting already because mm-hmm. um, it has gotten to a point where they always feel like their ideas are being attacked and stuff well, but then yeah. it's just a mindset thing right if you really think that the company everyone is here for the good of the product then why should this be taken personally that's something I didn't yeah. get law so yeah actually this is also another thing I observe uh, having attended many many meetings uh, in my career is that I realize people in the more of the people who are new in the workforce or people who are of the entry level to mid level um, uh, positions generally in a meeting you have people you know at a managerial level or even executive levels in the meeting rooms so it become that for a meeting uh, room size of let's say maybe more than seven or eight um, then the people generally in the middle to entry level positions have a um, I became very quiet so I feel that it's, it's a thing that is among the locals here I don't know or just among Asians that we become very very uh, soft spoken uh, in meeting rooms but I feel that a lot of times uh, the executives uh, are not doing your thing on a day to day basis so when it comes to areas that you know you're working on every day single day you're able oftentimes you're able to provide more insightful uh, advice than the executives themselves because uh, when it comes to you know execution and stuff, you are the one at the front line doing the work, uh, and oftentimes you are able to suggest many things that uh, that is actually their blind spot. So I feel that a lot of times this is a point I I advise to 
uh, newbies who joined uh, Carousel back then but uh, also this advice that goes out to everyone who started work for a few years or even those who started for a few years already is that you know uh, dare to speak up uh, in meeting rooms and you know even if if uh, if the idea is not good or have been thought of uh, you will know the reason why uh, why it's not being accepted so yeah I actually encourage people to do that yeah yeah Boys although don't be yeah. afraid lor. I mean what's the worst that can happen yeah lor. really really but actually I want to go a bit deeper with frustration at work what if your frustration the source of your frustration comes from an incompetent peer <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. How can I be? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, you, you will, you will, you will mark him down in a mark him or her down in a peer review performance. Like this person. I don't mind. I'm not anyone down one. Okay. Always very nice. Huh? Incompetent. Uh. Okay. Also, cannot like that say right. It's. It, I mean. I mean that that's. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, very direct way of putting it. But I mean. People are new. People have things that they need to get onboarded with. You know, uh, wow. I mean, wow. Let me think. How do I? Yeah. No. That's why I specifically said peer, like incompetence of your peers, and not your direct reports. Because I feel that you have the um, you know, we have the courtesy and we have the um, the room for them to grow. So if they are not meeting our expectations, we should be there to guide them. Uh, whoever it may be, uh, for your direct reports. So as I specifically said, like peers, or even people whom you are reporting to. Have I ever thought that my peers are incompetent? I I don't think so actually. Oh really? Well, no, not in Carousel lah. I mean. Okay. Or have I? Or maybe I. Uh, no. <laughs> I, <have. laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, you work in a few companies, not just Carousel. Uh. uh how uh, frustration kicks in law is that like I mean we are humans after all right is that yeah. in this case let's just simply put it is that communication breaks down because neither of you understand what you want from each other right yeah. uh, then of course you'll feel like yeah, why that person don't understand me this is what I want but then the person mm. maybe also feels the same way right like I just mm-hmm. don't understand what she's trying to say it's like then I think like in the best case scenario is that I think if it already got to this state of having communication um, breaking down then y'all would have to probably sit down with one another to kind of better understand each other's expectations I mean it's like maybe yeah. I mean like maybe taking a leave out of like crucial conversations which is a book that kind of like teaches you on how do you communicate effectively is that just address the situation and not the person itself la. is that mm. hey I noticed that this document may not be as clear um, wanted to point out a few things la. then after you yeah. state down the facts then ask that person like what do you think so it's always about the subject or topic it's never about the person mm. yeah I see okay I, I, yeah, think I, I think I think yeah sorry please I think generally that's that's quite true because 
uh, I have my fair share of frustration for of frustrations towards um, less less than competent people. <laughs> less than competent people. No, I don't. I don't know. I I don't want to put it this way. It's not that they are not competent. Yeah. Eh. It's uh-huh. like how um maybe different way or different styles of working lah. Yeah. It's not wrong. Yeah. I don't think there is a right or wrong. It's just different styles of working. Yeah, of course. Or maybe everyone's uh maybe maybe I put it too bluntly that you know, I think that's not the right word for it. It could be that um re- what I'm describing is that you have uh very different uh strengths. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> people people with very different strengths. I don't know, sometimes because um, generally I don't I don't feel that the frustrations are valid because uh, you know if you're talking about the outright incompetence let's say you know uh, lazy you know not really uh, giving work on time or let's say you know always delaying or you know always coming up with a lot of excuses generally I think uh, Hui and I have been quite um, have been quite lucky that fortunate that we are not meeting so many of these outright incompetent people right because uh, simply because most of them are you know are quite Amicable to work with Yeah because mm. Because I had my story to share And um, And I felt that It's a It's a le- lesson For everyone Who's listening Okay Come share your story <laughs> Yeah so back then uh, I had our I, I had a higher up Basically And um, You know I feel that In essence uh, This person Gave me the pet peeve Of uh, Really disliking people who pretends to know it all? Uh, so that's really, uh, that's really how it started. Mm. The pep, this this peppy of of mine is because uh, of this higher up they reported to, uh, back then. Uh, basically, this person came in, joined the company after me, and uh, he came in with uh, a lot of um, gusto and a lot of uh, I would say theories, uh, around this particular field that I'm in, which is digital marketing, right? Um, and basically he, he has a lot to say about a lot of things and, and mo- mo- most importantly a lot of it makes sense made a lot of sense so in the first few weeks of working with him I gen- I'm generally you know really enjoying the, the experience of, uh, of this relationship because I can I feel that I can learn a lot from this person but over time as, as, it, as, as time goes as time went by uh, I start to realize that you know this person is actually you know just all talks and no actions right and um, and I specifically really dislike uh, this type of behavior. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's incompetent or what. I feel that everyone has their own strengths to play. Like what I was trying to say just now. So I feel that his strength could be, uh, you know, sim- simply painting a nice picture or even painting his uh, vision. But uh, when it comes to execution, I feel that he's relatively, um, you know, lacking, lacking thereof in that area. So this is something that piss piss off the young Zetong back then, uh, the young and uh, what's that, passionate boy, <laughs> who was uh who was quite determined that he's right uh, and that higher up that he's opening to isn't isn't the right person that he wants to deal with. So um in uh so over time as time went by, right? I think back then I re- I today as I look back, I think I really did did him wrong. Uh, but back then what happened is that in the meeting in a particular meeting uh, I find that he was quite talkative even after the a- entire agenda was was explained and accounted for uh, essentially the meeting has ended uh, so I, I was so pissed off that he, he just kept on going and going and going and rattling on 
and I basically just cut him on there and say, um, so you're done? You're done? I'm going back to work. Yeah, so basically, I, I gave him no face, I saved him no face in meeting rooms when it comes to like team meetings like that, and I basically uh, find out every single blind spots in his presentations and gave him very, very tough times uh, in front of all my teammates uh, in all the meetings that I go to. Uh, after I decided that after I decided that he's he's lacking in the execution portion, which is in essence, I felt that he was incompetent back then. Mm. Uh, but I feel that all these uh young you know young workers or young employees out there, uh in these so called white collar jobs who take on a lot of meetings with the higher ups, I feel that it's bound for them to meet uh, a lot of people like this, whom I've described. But I feel that you know, you shouldn't act the way that I have done because I feel that uh. Back then, looking back, I was just plain arrogant, and you know I was quite disrespectful as well. And I did really didn't um you know, what I didn't do right is that I should have, uh you know thought this through, uh because just like what we say, we have different working styles, and maybe that his that is his working style, and I should be complimenting his weakness, um rather than you know pointing his weakness outright. Uh, it's a, a, this this is as if to me, uh, you know, rubbing salt to his wounds, right? Uh, so th- that's this is what I'm, I'm I I felt, uh, but that was what I felt back then, and and uh, the higher higher ups actually, you know, had a one to one with me, and he actually tried to calm me down, you know, as a young, passionate boy, you know, he wanted he told me that you know, hey, don't be so mean to 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 your managers, <coughs> to your higher up and stuff, so just control and temper a bit, but uh, mm-hmm. back then I couldn't and. And eventually, you know, a few years later, I actually felt that before he left the company, I actually had a, had a chat with him and I told him that I actually did apologize to him one to one. And mm. I said that, you know, back then I actually was, um, I did him wrong. La. I, I shouldn't be you know, so abrasive uh, at meetings and I shouldn't be, uh, it was wrong for me to be disrespectful to him um, mm. because simply because I didn't like his uh, working style. So so I feel that I feel that this is a lesson that everyone who's listening to this should, you know, take a should should take a page from and not not do it in their own careers. Cause I feel that no matter uh how you feel about the higher ups or even your peers, uh there can be a way that y'all can work around it. Cause like what you say, I think both of you are coming from uh good intentions and you want the best for the company and for the projects that you're working on. You want to be proud of them. So I feel that you gotta you can find workarounds, and if the said uh person that you work with is really truly incompetent or truly lacking so much in the area, I feel that other people or other higher ups have the eyes to see, and they will it will be recognized for sure. Mm. So you don't have to work yourself out. Don't have, don't have, you don't have to be so worked up over it, and of course, in the end. I don't know. I don't know what's the best strategy. Maybe sucking th- sucking your, your thumb up and just suck it up and just move on could be one. Or uh, it could be that, you know, you really just talk it out and just express your concerns with that person directly. Uh, that could be another. I don't know. And up to now, I'm, I don't have the best strategy, but yeah. But given, given that I've gone through this, I'll choose to you know, just talk about it with that person and tell him outright that I find this lacking in your areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah lor. I mean I, I mean just thinking about your story also it's like saying is also easy right but then when it comes to doing yeah. and like really going to that person to say all these things it's also that 
I mean, I think I'm also just thinking out loud is that like who am I to say that I should be saying that he or she should be working the way that I think that they should, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, quite quite meta, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's actually everyone has a different way of working, lah. Like, is that let's say is that if that person just so happens who don't have the similar working style as me, um, doesn't mean that that person should change to suit the way I work, ma. It's more like how can we yeah. collaborate with one another to kind of complement each other, I guess. Uh, yeah. Then also thinking a bit yeah. about this whole thing on how do you deal with frustration of like peers and uh, not being able to work well with them which was your question I think this is also a bit difficult for me because looking back I don't think I've ever handled them well yeah uh, it's like but as in I looking back then you should you should I don't know you, you might have a better solution right now if you were to you know encounter the same issue again Maybe like you said that like I'm pretty stubborn or like you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm also reflecting on what you said also depends on who my peer is like if I really care about my peer right I mean when I say care I mean that they are friends they are more than colleagues to me already they are friends mm. then I would probably put in more effort to kind of like um talk to them about certain things but if they are really colleagues it's not that I don't care but I have a lot of things on a day to day basis to yeah. look at also Correct. how I cannot possibly uh, as much as we all want to we cannot also help everyone that kind of thing so I think it yeah. really depends on person like if I genuinely care about someone I think I would just really put in my effort to help that person along but if not I think it's like I don't have a good answer on how I would deal with that also lah. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay. But I, I'll say that given that we shared our, you know, um, stories and anecdotes, uh, I feel that the last thing, the last thing that you should do uh, is that you should never lose your temper uh, at the workplace. I feel that that is the most immature thing that you can ever do. Uh, and learn to control uh, your emotions like even typing angry messages or angry uh, texts uh, can be pre- prevented because I think there was a story about like you, you can type out an angry email or you can type out an angry message but uh, never press send you can mm, save it yeah. as draft read it again the next day and you will know that you will want to send it out so I feel that that's the last thing that anyone should do yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, if you were to encounter such uh such such a situation, yeah, thing that something that I also have to learn. <laughs> I don't I don't think I explicitly showed anger, but it's more like disappointment yeah. because I I think I cried a couple times at work also. Then is that the people oh. that I work with did see it? Then I was like thinking, huh, but it's not good for them to see me cry. But sometimes I really can't help it you know <laughs> you know that kind of thing oh uh, yeah 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 so I mean well, yeah just, huh? yeah I mean Conf- yeah it's true I mean I wouldn't know how to handle that I mean I haven't cried at work before I haven't cried for work before but but yeah I wouldn't know how to handle your emotions you know if you really could yeah help. maybe like for example there was this one sprint planning is mm. that I mean I think like being a product manager we face 
timeline crunches and stuff. Then I think after that yeah. whole thing, I think it's just the team couldn't meet the specific timeline. And I tried my, I, I really um, like remained as um, neutral as possible in the whole meeting. But yeah. after the whole meeting, right, after most of the people left, right, then I broke down yeah. already. Then, then a few people were still in that meeting and then they were seeing me cry. La. Then to me, it's like, I don't mean for them to see me cry just so that they should do their work faster. But it's just, I really tried my best to maintain throughout the whole meeting already. But I think at the back, it's always that worry and concern that we are not able to ship in time. So that's why after it, I just immediately broke down already. Wow. So you broke down because you were, you were unable to, to let the team finish on time. Like plan for the team to finish on time. Yeah, law. Like it's a misalignment in uh, timelines, law. But yeah. So I do remember that case, lah. I mean, it's not that. I see. I mean, yeah, my teammates were there, comforted me, which I appreciated. It's just I should not have done it in front of them, I guess. <laughs> No, I, I think it's, it's normal But I want to know I want to understand a bit more So in that meeting Was there like Heated debate Or what no, What no, no, could no, be no. done Within the deadline Or what couldn't be done Within the not, deadline Not heated Not heated It was all very Civil discussion It's more of like My internal thoughts lah. It's like Oh like Inside I'm just thinking Oh shit We can't meet the Timeline Then just The stress Piling up You know Oh and wow! Okay, like, okay. Yeah, don't need tell see. them. Don't need tell. It's okay. <laughs> then after I most see. of them left, and it's like, I yeah. See. You you must think. have been. Uh, you must have, you must have had had a lot of uh expectations and stress within you back then that caused you to break down. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's very interesting because now that I'm in a new company, I see the old me in some people. <laughs> <laughs> who've been there for very oh. long <laughs> so is that when they are anxious about timelines and stuff right I can feel it actually so because for now I'm still taking it quite chill like I really yeah. um, now I am quite positive at work I just take it as it comes like I, I'm not like I was like I was at carousel so <laughs> when I see the old me at Carousel here, right, wow, then I say, like, oh, is that what my peers felt? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> when I'm so anxious and stressed, they can actually feel that from me. <laughs> you know? I see, I see. <laughs> then when you're at your current company, you'll be thinking like, oh, why are you so, why are you so anxious about chill? Lah, just relax, chill. Yeah, no, legit, legit. It's like, yeah. yeah, some people are quite uptight about work and have a lot of worries and concerns that they mm-hmm. share with me. I was thinking, yes. oh yeah, I was ex- exactly like them in Carousel. So, yeah, this it's just interesting to see that change lah. And then I wonder is also is it because these people have been in a company for very long, they they know how things uh, work, know their blockers and stuff. Then they are like half jaded. <laughs> and <then laughs> we are still pretty new, <laughs> like. Fresh, ready to not so not so invested, not so invested. The world, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was just interesting uh, to see this see. difference. Wow. Okay. Okay. No, but it's also true this that I realized that how I am at work can make people around me feel it also. Like, mm. so this is my recent revelation, uh, that I should. As much as possible, I think 
as a product manager keep a lot of the challenges as in like demons inside me to myself I should not really let my teammates see it I guess I see yeah. yeah I'm trying to think like more generally in uh, gen- in workplaces outside of uh, what we have worked in and I'm also thinking at the same time you know uh, the higher up you are meaning the more people that report to you the more you should be able to contain your emotions but what but by saying that I'm also thinking that you need not be stoic or you need not be like you know blank face or like you need not always be the happiest man in the office uh, or happiest woman in the office I feel that it's okay to use your temper at the right uh, instances so I feel that y- if you have always been that person that is able to hold back your emotions like angry or sad you know your colleagues wouldn't be able to felt but um, at certain time if you do need to use it I feel that yeah you can use it to the right on the right circumstance Mm. Otherwise, you know, if you're angry at work every single day, all your direct reports gonna feel it, man, every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realized. Yeah, learned, learned it already. Wow. Okay, okay. Interesting, interesting episode. Interesting. Interesting. Her meow. Her meow. Interesting. No, so so yeah. Uh, this this episode was uh way 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 longer than than I expected, and um. You know, today we talked about communications in workplace, which I feel that you know can even extend it, be extended to episode two, cause Hui has a lot more juicy stories that she didn't want to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but if you have any, you know, if you find any of the things that we have said, uh, you find it useful, or if you have even even more points to add, uh, feel free to let us know in the comments um of our Instagram post. You can follow us on Instagram. It's the dot t dot podcast. We'll see you at the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.